I remember you told me so. about your dad, mm -hmm. and he was, he was a physician, doctor. He's a gynecologist. Yeah. So you guys, even though you didn't go in the medical profession, you have something in common. You work where other men play. <laughs> Heaven a Live Golf podcast. This week we are live here in Jeddah in Club 54. My name is Sue Ann Hang and with me of course is my co-host. Uh, we're dumb and dumber, really. Uh, Jerry Foltz. It's like <laughs> it's like the, the, the fine one and the fossil, I believe is how my friends call it. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, you have nice friends then. <laughs> yeah, I know. The fossil part I don't like. I think it was my first one without a hat. No. Yeah. No, you've had a few without your hat. Really? Yeah. My luggage is in Heathrow right now. And it looks like which it's, means you'll never see it again. It looks like it's staying there. It's been there for a while, and it looks like it might just be residing there and dying there. Well, thankfully, we have a nice merchandise guy, and he's offered you some clothing. Yes. Um, I think you're going to get some socks from our producer. Socks from I think the underwear producer. Is your Arlo issue, has offered me underwear. Could you mm -hmm. imagine how wrong that would feel wearing Arlo's underwear? It'll be a Hugo Boss. It'll be comfortable. It'll be small go Boss. <laughs> Um, anyways, we're here in Jeddah, as I mentioned. Um, different time of the year. Um, yeah, bit of a different golf course, I guess, with the overseed. Yeah. It's yeah. not as freaking hot, that's for sure. It's that's not as a, good news for me. That's the time when you <laughs> want to be here to play golf would be yeah. this, time of, uh, this time of year because it's not so forbidden hot. But, yeah. you know, you say that about any climate. It, in pretty much every place you can possibly live, it's going to have four months of the year. You don't really want to live there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be there. Yeah. And same here. But this is the yeah. time of year you do want to be here. Yeah, it is nice. It's beautiful. The, the wind just has that little chill. It's not as humid. It's not as hot. Chill. Chill. But it's a, it does have kind of a chill. Yeah, yeah, it's got that little, like, yeah. light breeze. Anyways. Um, speaking of chill, speaking <laughs> we got a pretty chill guy coming up. We do have a really chill yeah. guy coming up, yeah. Uh, we have a special guest uh, from Crushes GC. Uh, we'll introduce him a little later. Uh, but, yeah, so we've played here two years now. Out of those two years, we've had two playoffs. Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen this year? I think it was, what, 12 and 14 under were the two different ones. Uh, no, we're a team and playoff. Do you predict, and do you predict Brooks <laughs> winning again? Brooks going for the three-peat. Of course, going to play yeah. similar but different because of the overseas, because of the thickness of the grass and the rough. Um, yeah, you can't bet against Brooks. Yeah. Um, you can't bet against Rom. 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 Uh, Rom and uh, Crushers. No, did I do Crushers or Smash? I went Crushers. Oh. No, I went Legion. Legion. Oh. So I didn't go. Oh, I so went, you did, I went you did Brooks Rom and Legion. Brooks and Legion. Oh, I went Brooks and Legion. Yeah. Okay. What about I did. Yours? I did DJ and Torque. Yeah. yeah. Torque. No. Look, played in Oman last week. They're all in this time zone. They've been playing competitive golf. Waco's playing great. Carlos won last week, yeah. which was fantastic. He double bogey is. Like his first hole and no bogeys since then. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, obviously Mito played great. Shot yeah. 29 on one of the nines. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian. So yeah, they're my picks this week. There are no bad picks. No, well, no, there isn't. You pick Torquay, you pick Smash, you pick Crushers, you pick Legion, you, uh, you pick Four Aces. There's no bad picks. No, there isn't. And the Goats. Can't forget about the goats. Yeah, the goats. Uline. Uh, and Wolfie it. playing some great golf. How about that shot? How about the <laughs> Uline making par? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Hit into uh, onto the beach. Yep. Hit it back onto the fairway. Back on the fairway. Yep. And pitched a, it. Yeah, pitched it. And off the makes, green, yeah. right, or whatever, and then makes that ginormous putt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a, a great par. And, and speaking of Uline, brought back memories just walking 
you know, on the 18th green when they he had a playoff with Brooks. Yeah, and the five million dollar pebble. And the, yeah. Yeah. For those who don't remember, he hit it in, in, the, in the playoff, the final hole of the playoff. He was in the bunker for, what, the third straight time, third or fourth straight time, the right mm -hmm. bunker on 18. And he hit it, and he, he hit it up stone dead every time. And this one went ricocheting over the green, and he caught a pebble between the club face and the ball. And the difference was winning the event uh, for $4 million and finishing second in That's the right. individual in the individual which was $8 yeah. million to yeah. not winning the event which is a loss of about $2 million and going down to third place in the individual pool for $4 million. That's so right. it was a, like a five six million dollar pebble. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, let's not talk to him about that one. No, I've right. seen him twice the last, uh, last three weeks on the first day I was on site. It was on the 11th tee at Mayakoba, first time I saw him during a practice round, which is where he had the, the shit show. <laughs> the 12th, yeah, yeah. the 12th. <laughs> the 12th, 12th hole, excuse yeah. me, the 12th hole the year before. And then I see him today for the first time, first day on the course, first player I see walking off the 18th green. I'm like, I just see what the, you know, the, the point of the scene of the crime. <laughs> <laughs> did he laugh? No, I didn't say. I didn't oh, say. Didn't I didn't say it, say it to him. <laughs> did not say it. To him. Although Uline would have uh, the, the best sense of humor to yeah, to great. have that banter. You know, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. Um, another great news coming out of the LPGA. Patty. Patty T back on Patty top. Patty T back on top. Yeah. One in her hometown, not hometown, but home, home country. country yeah. uh, Honda LPGA. Right after she won the Aramco. Yeah. Very emotional win. The Aramco. Very emotional yeah. win. Well, it was very emotional. At Honda. It was very much yeah. a Honda winning at home, but yeah. not knowing whether she was ever going to win again. So yeah. talented. It hits the ball so far. Such a pure swing. Such a great young lady. Yeah. I got to cover her when she won her first major at the ANA. And it seems like the golf landscape is full of incredibly talented players, whether they're uh, at any level. It's just yeah. the ones who believe in themselves that succeed the most. But um, her talent seems to be limitless and just such a great golf swing. She is an incredible ball striker. Yeah. Yeah, she's fun to watch and, and quite a fun human being, actually. Yeah, Patty yeah, T. Patty T, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we teased a guest moments ago. We do have, from the Crushes GC, Anaban Lahiri. Fun, thank you so much for joining us uh, here in the beautiful Club 54 in Jeddah, not far from where you live in Dubai. Yeah, this is right? uh, probably going to be the shortest trip out for me. <laughs> well, you're in Oman. Event. Well, for a live event. Yeah. For, for a live event. For but live event. this is yeah. probably shorter, two and a half hour flight, two, 245, so it's easy. Feels yeah. like home. We've been here so much recently. Yeah, we have. We have. And a bit of a different course this year uh, with yeah. the time of the year that we're playing it. It's overseeded. Um, it's not hot as. It's not hot yeah. as. No, the weather is brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, this is the time of the year you want to play in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've had two and a half months of, of growing. Um, the rye is beautiful. The overseed's nice. The fairways are, are probably the tightest we've seen the last few times. It reminds me of the first time we came here. Uh, beautiful. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Will it play tougher because of that? Or I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. We've had the greens roll a little bit better in the past. Mm -hmm. I think it all comes down to how many putts you make. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's always going to be windy. The fairways are the same. The st strategies are the same. You kind of, we've played all the pins there are to be played in the, you know, three, four, five yeah. times we've been here. Yeah. So it all comes down to, you know, uh, how easy or difficult it is going to be to get the ball in the hole. So yeah. if it dries out, it, yes, it could play tougher because the roughs are thicker with the overseed. Fairways are tighter, so they're faster. Right. So you might see some balls, you know, scooting yeah. around, rolling around more than the past. So, yeah. yeah, maybe, but we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, 
if you're rolling it good and you make a bunch of putts, you can still make birdies. Yeah. Now, how long have you been in Dubai now? Uh, coming up on a year, almost a year and a half now. You like it? You love we it? We love it. Yeah, we love it. Uh, it's not ideal for about four, five months in a year, but the rest of the time, the other seven, eight months is, is amazing. We have a lot of friends uh, outside of golf, daughters loving school now. Uh, so yeah, it's great. I can short trip back to see my coach or my parents mm -hmm. or you know, just go back home when I want to. So it's, it's great. We what love is it. the lifestyle like? I mean, we hear so many, for people who haven't been to Dubai, mm. I've basically just flown through it mm. and, uh, when we went to Abu Dhabi, but what's, what's lifestyle like there? Because we hear all these, these almost mythical stories, cops driving Lamborghinis and, <laughs> and money just is, is it's like the well, most expensive place in the world, but yet still not crazy expensive. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I get asked this question all the time, and I think there's three or four Dubais to experience. You know, you could be on the palm, living, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous, and you could do pretty much any house you pick could be a show on cribs. Uh, but then you go to the old Dubai side, which is, you know, Bur Dubai and Dera, which is where Dubai started maybe 30 years ago. There's almost no high rises. You go to the old souks, it's different. You mm -hmm. can have a phenomenal meal for for two people for $8 in, a, in one part, and that won't even buy you still water in another part. You know, so there's wow. so many different Dubais that you can experience. Um, it just, and that's why I think it's great because you have to make a choice on what you would like and how you would like to live there. Because living there is a completely different yeah. deal from visiting, right? Because when you visit, you want to experience different things. You want to experience the desert. You want to experience the beach. You want to experience... Skydiving. Well, <laughs> skydiving or whatever you want. I mean, they've yeah. got everything, right? Like yeah. you could go to the... Water parks, adventure parks. Well, then there's like global marketplace where yes. it's like you yes, that's an outdoor right. thing where that's you can right. you visit different like yep. countries basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's and it's awesome. amazing the amount of people that are now making that their residence. A lot of, a lot yeah, of English, a lot of American expats. It's, as well. it's getting very popular, and I think uh, you know the Dubai government's done. They've been very proactive in understanding what they need to do mm -hmm. to make it exciting and and to make it livable for people yeah. from all over the world. So. It doesn't exactly feel like the Middle East when you're in Dubai, that's for sure. Yeah. But there's also amazing schooling. It's a, it's a great place for family. It's very safe, uh, you know, low crime. Uh, so things like that are, you know, big attractions. Is that, why, is that why you moved there? Like, why Dubai? Why Dubai? So basically, I'm, I don't have any siblings. Yeah. I'm, the only, I'm, on, I'm the only child and, uh, you know, I'm not getting younger. Neither are my parents. I wanted to get closer Careful, to home. Careful, Jerry is very, very sensitive about that. You can that. just fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to get back closer to home. I mean, we thought about moving back to India, but with my travel schedule, mm -hmm. it would have been harder to, you know, go back and forth. Uh, Dubai, with the airlines, with Emirates Airlines being as yeah. good as it mm -hmm. is, uh, was a big attraction for me while I'm playing. For as long as I'm playing, I think Dubai would make a lot of sense. Schooling options, again, another thing. I've got two young kids, five yeah. and two. Yeah. So that's super important, you know. Most of the decisions I'm making in my life are for my kids, really, more than, than me. I've already played professionally. I get you it. You know, <laughs> coming on 20 years. So, uh, yeah, exactly. You yeah. get it, right? So so Dubai was, was an obvious choice. And we have a lot of friends outside of golf. I see. When, I was, when we were in the U.S., my wife and I, we, we were in, you know, the capital of professional golf. We were in Jupiter, Florida. But there was not much outside of the golf circle. 
we wanted to have a life away from the golf course outside yeah. of you know golf and we get that in dubai and and it's close to home you know my parents can fly in her parents can fly yeah. in uh, you know it's a lot to do there yeah it's yeah. like it's like going from palm beach to new york yeah, yeah. three hour yeah. flight so it was the next best thing honestly uh, to moving back home and it kind of fit everything that i would have needed in terms of golf infrastructure mm. in, in terms of travel yeah, great in terms golf of, courses exactly yeah so and yeah they welcomed me with open arms and you know i felt at home right from the get go so it was great are your kids learning a bunch of you grew up speaking basically studying three language from birth yeah. and then maybe yeah. and then occasionally a fourth are yeah. they how multilingual are they they well my daughter's 5 so uh, my son's 2 so he's not yet yeah, right. you know yeah. in the system so to speak uh, but it's it's actually fantastic cuz uh, my daughter speaks hindi with us at home even though i'm i also speak bengali but we just trying to make sure she gets one language down <laughs> first so she speaks hindi at home she spent the first 3 three, three and a half years of her life in the us so english is probably her first language right. she's more comfortable with that uh but in school she has to learn arabic mm-hmm. you know at uh, of some degree if you're uh from a non arab or a non uh you know um, muslim background then you do a lower grade otherwise you do a higher grade like with religious studies so she doesn't right. have to do that but she still learns arabic and you have to do one other language so wow. right now she's learning french holy moly and um i think the school that she's quite likely to go to she's got the option of learning mandarin or spanish as well so she'll probably learn one of those three arabic wow. english and hindi so wow. wow you know it's amazing because like even in her class she's got 21 kids maybe and there's like nine nationalities Well, yeah, cool. yeah. So, I mean, Dubai is very. I mean, it's a melting yeah. pot, right? Yeah. And and I and that's the other thing that attracted us because, you know, the world we live in is becoming a smaller and smaller mm-hmm. place. Right. You know, you want to be uh, exposed and aware of of other cultures, and and you have to learn to yeah. be, you know, appreciative and tolerant and all of those things which are in short supply right now globally. She'll, she'll grow up. Both so. your kids will grow up with no cultural bias. No, there yeah. there isn't one. Yeah, there isn't fantastic. because. I mean god what a place I mean but think be. about it yeah. like if you're from there you're basically emirati yeah and that's less than 5% of yeah. the total population mm-hmm. yeah so 40 years ago it was a, it was a fishing village like abu dhabi exactly. it was nothing yeah. exactly so so from all those perspectives it's a great place i would rather she grow up there than you know a lot of other places in the world yeah, yeah. speaking of growing up you your dad you was you will someday <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Says that. Cheap shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, says old man here. Sit fucking up. Speaking of of growing up, uh, you know, you're you grew up your dad was a physician in in mm-hmm. the military. Yeah. You have a big medical um influence in your family. Mm. Did you ever grow up with that pressure of no. of no, falling into no. that same thing? No. I had thing? I had no pressure. Cultural yeah. bias. would say from my understanding there would be pressure on you coming from a long line you're right about yeah. that uh if you were to generalize yes absolutely uh i think growing up i mean when i was growing up late 90s i'd, I'd say would be my formative years late 90s early 2000s um it was all about are you going to be a doctor or an engineer right i mean to a large extent it still is but india's slowly moving away from that it's been very slow but they are yeah but when i was growing up it was almost frowned upon to not be in either of those two fields and if you weren't it was understood that you struggled at school like you know <laughs> if if you had a hard time yeah. uh, academically yeah. that's the only reason why yeah. you're not doing it 
uh, which is why, you know, it was even harder because I was pretty good at school. Uh, good genes, I guess, you know, yeah. like my mom's, my mom's a Fulbright scholar. She's a professor in English literature. My dad's a doctor, obviously, come from a you know, family of very educated people, which is also part of the Bengali culture. Like we're known to be the erudite and, you know, like all of that, uh, multiple Nobel laureates and things like that. So when I started getting into golf, there was, there was definitely a lot of pressure on my parents from other people from extended family. What are you doing? This is, you know, this, are you, have yeah. you thought about this? Unsolicited advice, basically. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's peer pressure. It, it's, it's, also, yeah. it's also a culture that doesn't understand not a culture, a country that doesn't understand sport as a profession. Yeah. Cricket's not a sport. Cricket's a religion. Yeah. yeah. Cricket's, an, <laughs> cricket's is, is exempt from sport category. Everything else is a sport. And quite honestly, I don't blame them because outside of golf, there's not a lot of other sports, maybe tennis, where, you know, individual prize money or individual sport, you can make a living and you can make a decent living at that. Everything else, you're kind of you know, at the mercy of the associations or, mm -hmm. or the government right. or, you know, employment at some level. And then by the time you're 30, pretty much your career is over. Pretty, pretty much every other sport. So I think that way golf separates itself as, you know, something where you can have a career over multiple decades. Yeah. Right. So I guess I got lucky that it was golf and not something else. And I got even more lucky that my parents uh, kind of stood behind me and shut that noise out uh, like uh, you know even after I won my first pro event I won't say who it was but a family member's like great you can put that on your CV when you go to business school <laughs> I'm like dude I just won my first like Asian tour event yeah. like yeah. how hard is it for you to fathom that I'm not gonna you know be a management you know whatever right. like guy I'm not I'm not looking to be the CEO of some company because that's what everyone aspires to be unless you're a doctor or an engineer right, right? Well, your parents so. they're uh, I mean parents are proud they love you unconditionally that's of one of the just one of the beauties of it and I'm sure they were would have been proud of you no matter what you did but mm. having faced that societal and cultural and family pressure mm. about their sons their only child's chosen profession mm. is there maybe a greater sense of pride in the fact that you're essentially the most decorated Indian golfer ever I don't know I think that's a question that's better answered by them to be honest but what do you sense um, I mean I, I know that they're proud of me there's no doubt about that um, but Really, it's it's me who's who's grateful because I still remember like my dad having to face a lot of questions or people, and I still remember him having a conversation with someone else, and I overheard this conversation, saying that what if he doesn't make it? And he said, well, he's going to learn life skills. He's going to learn to be independent. He's going to have to manage time, effort, money, failure by himself. Yeah, dealing with yeah. failure, success, and. He's like, at worst case scenario, he doesn't make it, but everything he learns from the process of not making it is going to make him much more prepared for life than if he was, you know, taking tuition classes for four hours a day, six days a week, which is what every other teenager was doing, right. is doing. Same in Singapore, by the right? way. In yeah. India, right? So, yeah. so he's like, that's actually what's going to differentiate him and make him more prepared for real life as opposed to what every parent's not every parent, a lot of parents subject, subject their kids to in their developmental years, you know, they don't have that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm glad that he had the vision for that because it's very difficult yeah. to be to be able to see that because you're the one making decisions and mm -hmm. you know it's it's on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I fail, it's on them, right? If yeah. I succeed, it's on me. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. That, and that's yeah. the burden of being a parent. Yeah. I'm a parent now, and I see it. It's not easy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm very lucky. Yeah, very very lucky. Very blessed. Well, you talked about uh, sport being. I guess young in India, mm. uh, with the exception of, of cricket. Yeah, uh, you play a key role in growing the game of golf in India, and I know you're very very passionate about mm. that. Um, where do you see golf in India now, and where do you see it going? Um, <laughs> I think golf has uh, definitely progressed. It's definitely gotten better. The quality of golf has gotten better. It's been very slow. It hasn't been um, at the speed I'd like it to be. Uh, understandably so. Uh, but in terms of where I'd like it to go, I'd, I'd like to see more kids getting exposed to the game. I recently started my foundation, like last month in fact, mm -hmm. um, and that's one of our goals is to go to tier two, tier three cities, expose, expose kids to golf who don't have exposure. The biggest issues in India are twofold. One is you know, access and mm -hmm. the other is you know, how expensive it is. Yeah. So you, um, we are trying to remove those two barriers of entry. Um, and expose more kids uh, in the big cities, the Delhi, the Bangalore's, and and you know, not not in Mumbai. Mumbai is not a big golf golf city, but it's not. no, Chandigarh, Calcutta. These are the older golf kind of uh, powerhouses, if you were to call it that, if mm -hmm. that word is apt. But they're already producing a lot of golfers. There's a lot of kids who are playing. It's gone up. Junior programs in some of these cities. Each club has over 100 kids, which is great. Which was not the case when I turned, you know, when I was right. a junior. Yeah. My first. Uh, national level event that I played as an 11 year old there were 16 kids in my category and it's a national event yeah. now you have to qualify from your zonal region to get to the nationals and you have 60 kids in each category in the zonal region and then you you know so has it changed it has um, but we need more courses we don't have enough public courses uh, so you know right now we're trying to work with the infrastructure we have and, and try and grow from there and, and yeah, I think it's a process. The potential's huge though. I was covering yes. the, the Olympics mm -hmm. in Rio when Aditya Shuk was introduced to the yeah. world after an amazing first round. Yeah. That night in India alone, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but there's a metric you can find out from Google, mm -hmm. the amount of searches done yeah. for golf, golf equipment, yeah. mm -hmm. girls golf equipment, this and that was something, numbers that there's were mind-boggling well, from India. Well, Tokyo, yeah. four years, five years later, Aditi, I mean, was right there to medal. Right. I mean, she ended up just missing the medal by but, one but position. The, I mean, but, but that was huge. Getting access huge. And, and all those obstacles yeah. that are in the way, that's obviously the most important thing. But yeah. you also have to create the curiosity from the kids. But that's the thing. And like, that's, where, that's where you come well, in. But exactly, which is why, you know, the Olympics, the Asian Games, events which are not really mainstream, um, shall I say, you know, bucket list items right. for, for most professional golfers. For golfers, right. Are exactly that in India. Everywhere. Because that's what's going to move the needle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, you win a major, sure. But, you know, if I win a couple of times this year, is it going to make a difference? Huge. But if I even get a bronze at, say, Paris, mix of, it'll be like winning 10 times out here. Yeah. And you can't really equate the two, yeah. you know, as a golfer, it's, yeah. it's hard to say that, oh, you know, if I win a gold and I win at and I win a green jacket, mm -hmm. you can't, you know, honestly right. put it in the same balance. But if you were to 
put it on a scale of the effect it would have on a country and the population, an Olympic medal would outweigh two major wins or three major wins, just in terms of what people understand, because right. people don't understand golf. They yeah. don't understand major championships, right? So to that extent, yes, you know, I think it's really important people like Aditi, myself, Shubankar, uh, Gaganjit, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, whoever's playing at the highest level, you know, we keep uh, doing our bit, keep winning, keep making golf relevant, mm -hmm. keep bringing it to the eyes of uh, the people at large to make it attractive, to make parents think, oh, wow, you know, maybe yeah. I should put my kid in golf, yeah. Yeah. whatever it is, you yeah. know. Uh, speaking so. of Gaganjit, uh, he obviously played in the promotions event mm. uh, last year in Abu Dhabi where you came out yeah. right on the Sunday. Uh, this is a quote from him. Uh, I've played so much golf with Anabarn, uh, from junior and amateur to pro golf. He's yeah. been inspiring all of us, young players playing the domestic PGTI events to players on the Asian tour like myself. What he has done for Indian golf in the last seven or eight years is just remarkable. It's not that easy to step up your game and move to a level and compete with the big boys. I think Bond has shown us time and time again that it is very much possible. What are your thoughts on that? That's really nice of him to say that. <laughs> you know, Gagan and I go back to, like I mentioned, you know, my first event as an 11-year-old, he was there. So we've been playing together for 25 years now. Uh, and he's someone who was exceptional as a junior as well. Like, it's hard to beat when he was 16, 17. And we've had a few players like that, like super talented. Uh, and we will continue to have players like that to go back to what Jerry was saying. The potential is there. Uh, the hand-eye coordination is there from so many different sports that, uh, you know, we get exposed to. And for me personally, you know, I've just tried to do my best for myself. I have um, the privilege uh, of basically being able to associate everything I do with India. There's not, un unlike a lot of other countries, we don't have 30, 40 of us in the top, you know, 100, 200 in the world. Yeah. So when I got to that space, I was kind of the only guy since Jeev. Yeah. You know, and, and Jeev was there, I think, in 2008, mm -hmm. 2009. That's, you know, so it goes back a while. And since... Since Jeev got there, I think I broke into that kind of space in 14. So 14 all the way through, like since I would say, you know, I've kind of carried the torch. Shubankar made a splash and he's another like amazing yeah, talent. Shab's right? great too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Gagan's super talent. But there's a lot of young kids too who, mm -hmm. who have it. It's about um, like belief. When I was growing up and I was, I won't say growing up, when I was like 19, 20, turning pro, I, I, I honestly didn't believe I was good enough to play on the PGA Tour, mm -hmm. right? I was just trying to get better. And then I still remember uh, Arjun, Atwal, yeah. Danny Chopra, half Indian. I know technically he's <laughs> sweet. They came out and he's played got like four nationalities. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Danny's Danny. Anyone who knows him, loves him. Uh, and, you know, they came out and played a little bit on the Asian Tour, I think, I'd say around 13, 14. Yeah. And that's when I actually really got to know them and meet them. And I played some rounds with them and, and they both like looked at me and said, damn, you're really good. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you should be, you're good enough to play on the PGA Tour. I'm like, stop, stop, you know, messing with me. This, you just, don't say stuff you don't mean. And, and like, it's like, no, we're not, we're not shitting with you. We've played with those guys the last 10 years. Yeah. You need to get your act together and, and get there. And it wasn't until... I actually played with them and, and they said those things that I started scratching my head saying, okay, 
shoot, maybe maybe I am good enough. Maybe I can, you know, get to a level where uh, I could play at, you know, at, at a world level. I, I honestly didn't believe that till I was 22, 23, at, maybe 24 at the time. Interesting so. you said that because someone, someone told me just today mm. that it was a shot that you played at um, Eurasia, Eurasia event, Eurasia, Eurasia Cup. Cup. Mm. Yeah, and you hit a three wood <laughs> and you played a, a nice high fade, yeah. uh, which you normally like to work the ball right to left. Yeah. And apparently that was a shot when you realized, damn. Yeah, well, I can play some world-class golf. Was that the moment for well, you? I'll give you. I'll give you more perspective. So the Eurasia Cup was a Europe, <laughs> Europe versus Asia event. It, it happened for about three or four editions. This was the first edition, if I'm not mistaken, probably 2015, I think. Um, and we were playing. I think Thongchai was our captain. Miguel was Jimenez was yeah. the European captain. We were playing in Malaysia. Sunday was Singles Day, and I was taking on Victor Dubuisson, who had just gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jason Day in match play. The yeah. WGC, yeah. WGC, uh, like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And he was like top 30 in the world at the time. And uh, Victor and I, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, really good, really good golfer. And we went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I think he was four under, I was five under, and we came down to the 16th, which is a par five. And I had this kind of impossible shot and I hit this high fade to like four feet for eagle and Victor like turned around and looked at me like where did that come from <laughs> three wood uh five wood five wood harder to fade a five wood so yeah it was uh it was one of those shots that you know uh, will always be with me and then I ended up beating him uh three and two I think on that hole or mm -hmm. whatever something like that and he was very complimentary of me as well because uh, he'd never played with me and he was hot shit at the time you know yeah. so it was like yeah man you're really what? good like best yeah. luck with everything one so, of those moments that you prove yeah. something to yourself I mean, you kind of get that validation you don't when you're playing smaller tours yeah. you don't get exposed to playing with the best in the world so the few times that you do like you are always trying to learn you're always trying to you know set, you know reset the bar like i played a couple of times, the Thailand Golf Championship was like one of the big events in December, last events. And I think two years in a row, uh, I finished third or fourth, and I played the final round one year with Henrik and Sergio, and the next year with, uh, I think, Sergio and, and Lee, and you know, they were like top, top 10 players, top yeah. five players in the world at the time. Mm. And I was able to go toe to toe with them. Uh, and this is a while ago, right? So, uh, but just hearing the sound of Hendrick's, you know, six iron, just <laughs> 15 stories high, 210 yards in the air, rolling six inches on rock hard greens. They're like, how does he do that? You know, like, yeah. you, we didn't get exposed to that yeah. on the smaller tours where I actually honed my trade. So just yeah. watching, learning, understanding where I need to take my game, you know, those things happened. And I was just fortunate that I was able to do that and, uh, you know, just go from there and, and keep building. Hmm. Let's turn the clock a little to live now. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned so many of the guys who are in, in that conversation, that last answer, that are current live members. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great players out here. Absolutely. A lot of them, some of them, <laughs> no question about some have seen their probably their best days. Mm. Uh, many still think they have a lot of great days ahead of them. And yeah. I think the majority of the great players still have their best golf ahead of them. Yes. 
day in and day out, we only have 13 chances a year for, yeah. an, for an individual title. You know, yeah. we, I was talking to one of our guys earlier. He goes, yeah, yeah that, that kid's going to win out here. I go, it's easy to say that because yeah. he's talented, but yeah. we only get 13 chances a year. Yeah. We're 20% of our schedule down already mm -hmm. after yeah. two events. Um, nearly that. So um, you had two really good chances so mm -hmm. far. Take us back to Chicago when it felt like maybe that was the one that got away for you. Yeah, Chicago definitely was one that got away. Yeah. Most definitely, I think. Um, you know, I kind of led from the front there going into Sunday. Sebastian was the one who was closest to me. Yeah. Yeah. Were uh, you aware of where Bryson was at that point? And not not the early part of the round. Okay. I think the first nine or ten holes, it was it was like a match play situation with. You know, Sebastian yeah. got off to a hot start, me not so much yeah. so, then I came back and he had a bit of rough, a, yeah. rough like middle yeah. part of the round and then I was like two ahead I think after like with, with eight holes to go mm -hmm. or whatever many holes to go and then that's when Bryson started making everything he looked at. Yeah. Um, so I only got aware of, you know, uh, what else was happening because Leash also made a run that's late right. in the round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean the equation for me was simple, I just needed to make one or two birdies coming in. I had four holes in front of me. And also I was doing the math that, oh, Bryson's got two to play. Where's he? That's, that's the other thing that Shotgun people don't start. understand <laughs> with Liv is you also have to do the math on yeah. where people are finishing up. Yeah. I was not, finishing, not only how many holes they have, but which holes. Which hole. Yeah. Because, and, and that's something that we guys as a team have yeah. always done. Like the four of us, we go out on a Sunday and we're trying to catch someone. We're like, hey, I've got a hot, hot I've got an easy stretch to start. I'm going to watch out for me, I'm going to start hot. And you know, another one says, oh, I'm finishing on the easy stretch, so I'm going to give you some birdies coming in. Yeah. So even as a team, we know exactly where we're starting, where we're finishing, and which is probably one of the reasons why we've, we've been really good on most Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, so I knew he was finishing on the front nine, and I knew I was finishing on 16, 17, 18. I think 16, 18 were probably two of the yeah. hardest holes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even 15 was <laughs> tough par three. Yeah. Fourteen's yeah. not an easy par. And that, so, last year was a bit wet too, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. the golf course was a challenge for yeah. everyone. So I, I kind of knew that I had to get through sixteen and potentially uh, fifteen, the par three, and I had great opportunities on thirteen, fourteen, seventeen, potentially eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, so in my head, I was like just trying to be in the moment and do the same thing that I'm doing. And yeah, I mean, I three putted fifteen. Yeah. Uh, missed just the speed on that. Actually hit a really good six iron that was maybe a yard too far right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us yeah. have been victim to that 16th or yeah. uh, 15th <laughs> green. Yeah. That par three yeah. is brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think made a mistake there and just couldn't make the birdie when I needed to. So um, I learned. I learned a lot from that. Maybe played uh, less aggressively than I needed to. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I mean, it was it was fantastic because I think what I learned that Sunday, I applied Sunday of Miami. Yeah. Because I said, okay, you know, I've had a Sunday where it was tough. It was a very hard pill for me to swallow, yeah. to be honest. Not yeah. to be in a playoff especially was It looked like it. Even yeah. worse. You could see it. You didn't hide your emotions. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, it was not, not something that I was happy about. But, you know, those are the ones you learn the most from. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think uh, the idea is the same to put myself in position on a Sunday. Like you said, the few opportunities you get in a season. But if I do, I'll be much, much better prepared to take the challenge on and finish the job. And that, that part on 18, mm -hmm. um, from below the hole, off the green, yeah. would you play that differently? I don't Looking know if back, I would. Looking back, I, I don't know if I would. No, I would not chip. I think any, anyone who's, who's played those greens in Chicago yeah. uh, would 
would not chip. Okay. Because those are some difficult greens to judge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially Sunday, since it was a wet week, it dried out. Yeah. So you didn't know if it was going to land and kind of explode, or since it's going uphill, hit a wet spot and stop. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is you're trying to hold a chip and you run it, you know, 15 feet by, which is right. easily done on those greens specifically. Yeah. Mm. I think if it was a different golf course with different surfaces, I would always chip rather than putt. I mean, uh, I, I prefer to, ch I feel like I can hole out with a wedge uh, more often than a putter and I've holed out enough times from yeah. around the greens to have the confidence to do it, just not those greens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I misjudged the first putt. The second putt I completely misread. It wasn't a mishit, so I was like, I can't believe that went that much left. I think I played it right edge to inside right and it broke like a ball and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's golf. You know? Uh, you know, we spoke to Bryson last week, your captain, and, and he talked a lot about how he's learning a lot from you guys being the youngest on the team mm. and you guys have been through life and, mm. and all that. Do you feel that same dynamic with your team, with Bryson Absolutely. being the youngest? As Absolutely. I, I mean, I take less credit because, you know, Paul and Chucky are just, they are just phenomenal. I just played nine holes with them and, you know, half the time I was like, just going, wow, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. they're phenomenal yeah. golfers. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal at applying their trade. But they're also really, really solid individuals off the course. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, they're both fantastic family men. Um, you know, they, they have their priorities. I would say in the right order, same as myself, off the course. Um, and there's a lot for Bryson to learn from them more than even me. I think he leans on them for a lot of advice. I think he went through a tough patch early part of last year where, you know, I was uh, trying to communicate with him and keep talking to him and kind of be a shoulder for him to lean on. Uh, and then obviously we saw what he did once he got out of that phase, that funk that he was in. But no, I think the whole team is, I mean, I, I'm very lucky, very lucky to be on this team, very happy to be on this team. Mm -hmm. And I learn a lot both on and off the course from them too. Uh, but yeah, Bryson's, Bryson's got a heavy burden to bear. You know, he's, he's very unique at what he does and how he does it. He's very different as a person, as an individual, he's easily misunderstood. Of course, now we all know him yeah. Yeah. very personally, uh, you know, from... Very Maybe the most misunderstood guy out here. 100%. Yeah. 100% agree with you yeah. on that part. There's a lot of people that love to hate him and they just because well, they don't know him. Yeah. Well, but it's easy to hate him, right? Yeah. He's you good. know what I'm saying? Because, well, no, but you've got to remember, it's easier to hate <laughs> someone you're jealous of. Right. Yeah. Right? And Absolutely. A, and a lot of it is from that because he's so good at what he does yeah. Yeah. that a lot of what he does belies, you know, uh, possibility. Like, how is it possible? Conventional to do that? wisdom. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's easier to, to you know, to say that as instead of like, okay, what is he doing? Yeah. How is he? Like, so, and I, and I think um, he's got a burden to bear because he's a captain, he's one of the leaders on live among the players. He's trying to do the best by his team, by, you know, the organization as a representative of, of you know, what the players would like to right. see. So mm -hmm. he's got a lot and he's well, trying to build golf clubs. He's trying to win <laughs> golf tournaments. He's trying to build a social media platform. I mean, he's doing... A house. Oh, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, let's. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... We're going to see That's an episode. <laughs> that is a whole episode. I, I, I know because I've been there. 
And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, when it's done, whenever that is, it'll be awesome. We, we, I kept, I, I teased him, I said, when we go to Dallas for the team championship, we're going to stay in uh, the DeChambeau Palace. He's like, yeah, I hope it's ready. You can it. stay there and he wouldn't even know it. Yeah, it no, looks well, like. yeah, last like week we compound. spoke to him and he's like, I'm in the second quarter. Se- secondary quarter. Secondary quarter. So and he's like, like, oh, no, that sounds really, that sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I just hope his go-kart track is ready by the time we get no. there. No. Exactly. Don't even get me started. <laughs> go-kart track. Yeah. And they won't be slow go-karts. No, anyway, they so, won't. So, you know, he's got, he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think he works really hard. It's yeah. almost like he works too hard. Mm. Half the time we're telling him to just chill out. Yeah, I think that's that. the that's the biggest thing we can do for our captain is just tell him to relax. He but it's hard to do that as a young guy, you know. You, I had no problem, <laughs> zero. No, he he doesn't have that nature. I knew his dad was. His dad was a motivated guy, but his dad we used to chill quite a bit. They so, went. Yeah. They went. You guys played golf together. We did. We were dad, we missed yeah. being teammates by a year, yeah. but we hung out together for a year or yeah. two. Yeah. No, yeah. so it's 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 fun. It's fun. It's uh, it's an eclectic, very different bunch of people on this team. We're not, I mean, all four of us are very, very different from each other. And I think that helps. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can uh, get something out of you here. So Chucky said that he's got more swing coaches than girlfriends. I don't know if you watched that podcast. He's had, yes. He's had. Yes, yes. I heard that bit. Um, what, <laughs> what, about, uh, what about Bryson? Does he have more? Oh, look at you going for the TMZ <laughs> dirt here. Ask, ask, the, ask the question. Like, the full question. I don't want to have yeah, to fish yeah. this question out. <laughs> I want this question and her face, like, on the question with subtitles before I answer uh, Does he have, is it the same for him? Or is it, does he have more girlfriends than swing coaches? Why didn't you ask him that? Uh, well, look, I, I, it's Bryson. I just, just like, I, look, I'm not going to go there. All right, answer, answer time. Yes. <laughs> I, it's actually she's not even putting me on the spot. She's no. putting herself on the spot. I just let her drag it out, uh, drag herself out. It's just one word. Oh uh, well, do indulge. Yeah, answers yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. I don't have a follow up for that. <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Segway dig my, that. yes, I'm yeah. gonna dig myself out of this hole that I've just created for myself. Um, you were the first Indian player mm. uh, to play on the President's Cup mm. team. Mm. Uh, talk us through that experience. The only player, actually. Yeah, yeah the only. Yeah, the Where, only which, the first. Uh, you played 15-17. Where were That's they? right. 15-17. Korea and uh, Liberty National. Liberty National. Yeah, I covered you in Korea. That's yeah. Right. What was that first experience like? It was surreal. Yeah. It's, I mean, any team event really is... is um, you know, I, I keep telling people you've got to have markers in your life, events that create a timeline and I think every team event is is such marker it's mm-hmm. it's that kind of an event uh, it was phenomenal uh, again 2015 I was still not fully exempt uh, on the PGA Tour uh, yeah. that's the year I kind of was that before moved. you won the Maybank no that's the year I won okay. both Maybank and Indian Open yeah. uh, I had a that was probably my one of my better one of my best years in terms yeah, of results European tour. Yeah, yeah and finished fifth at the PGA in Whistling Straits. Um, that was a good, good year, and you know, just that was my first time that I shared personal space with you know guys like Scotty. You know, Jason was number one in the world at the time. Uh, you know, Louis, Shaw, Gracie. Uh, I mean, I've I made friends for life, yeah. for sure. Uh, regardless of everything that's happened, you know, even in the recent past. Uh, if I meet anybody from 
that team. Half of them are here anyways, right? We could just sit and, and chill. But you make some really deep relationships, um, fighting for a common cause, uh, mm -hmm. fighting against a common enemy, so to speak, is there's nothing that brings people closer than that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we've always been underdogs. You know, we've always been written off and we've always played with a chip on our shoulder. Um, and it brings out the best um, in us. And, and I think there's nothing, there's no event that I think you play with more passion than a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup. Do you, so. do you think that that always playing as an underdog, um, do you think that you're still facing that as now a representative of Liv? Do you feel <laughs> that way? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a lot of people would like to paint live that way. It's reduced. Yeah. Jerry, if you asked me this question 18 months ago, it would be an overwhelming yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it has reduced, but it's but it's always there. You know, you could you could achieve. I think winning a live event is super hard because you just look at all the guys you got to beat. Right. Right. It's it's not a joke. And I'm not saying it's easier to win or it's a joke to win on other tours. Right. Don't get me wrong. A win's a win. But winning against all these guys, all these major winners, is not a joke. Yeah. But if you do win, the people who don't understand what it takes to win will yeah. think it's a joke. Yeah. And that is what is really disappointing. Because, you know, it's, it's, that's not the case. We're yeah. in our third year. We don't have a hundred years of... Of history, yeah, books. I mean, that's a big part of it's it. It's going to take time, obviously, yeah. but you know we've been we've been talking about it too long, and and it's been it's almost like you squeeze a lemon too much, it gets bitter. It's got to that point where we just, you know, I, I like to keep my head down, focus on my golf. I'm still working as hard, if not harder, than I did mm -hmm. on my game. I still want to go out and win tournaments. I want to beat these guys. I want to prove to myself that I can beat all of these guys. I came close um, last year. That gives me a lot of confidence that I can do it. Well, you lost in your you lost in the playoff in your very first live event yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had a couple of tight calls, but exactly, you know. So the way I, I look at it is, I just put my blinkers on and I do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to answer your question, yes, yeah. I think to some extent, it's it's sad. Um, I and, and agree I think with that. we all live and die with each other to some extent. Like, you know, late There's last... There's a common bond. There's yeah. Fraternity. You yes. know, like late last year, Dean Burmester won two weeks in a row. Joaquin won. Louis won. Yeah. You know, all these guys. And it was like, you know, you show them. You yeah. show them. Because it's like, everybody says, ah, ah, this is not, like, really? 54 yeah. hole yeah, exhibition I mean, they so can't it's, play. It's, They've done nothing but win yeah, the but entire it's, time. It's fine. Yeah. You know, you get to the point where haters are going to hate. Yeah. yeah. And you just got to keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, down the road... There's been a lot of guys who've done 180s. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's going to be, I think, over the next few years, that number of people who do 180s is just going to increase. Yeah. There's no question. Right? Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people who have taken this moral high ground, which has been, you know, fed to them, yeah. are going to start realizing, oh, shoot, you know, they just made a monkey out of me. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what's happened. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, I'm not going to, like individually react or respond to that. I'm just going to do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of the change. I want to be a part of the story. I want to be a part of the future. Yeah. I want to be a part of, uh, you know, what, what could potentially, you know, be a T20 of, of, yeah. of golf. You know, there's so much positive. I'd, I'd rather focus on that. 
I'd rather okay. focus on what I can control. I think we're all in our grandpa's chairs, or basically by the time you guys get my age. Um, <laughs> I thought your wait your chair. When I, <laughs> when, as we, I think in you know in a generation from now, I think every person who has been a part of it at this stage and before is going to have a huge sense of pride in what they accomplished because by then all of the bias, all of the agendas will be a thing <laughs> of the past. Um, yeah. I, I, but I'm curious. Put yourself 20 years from now, other than parenthood and, and, and family-related things, what, what can you accomplish in your future that will make you sit back and go, man, I'm proud? Oh, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to do more and more and more for golf in India. Mm -hmm. That's something that I am very, very passionate about. Um, I, want to, I want to be able to achieve in my career enough to allow me to do that. That's one of my big motivations yeah. of, of coming out and, and trying to play better and win is because the more I do, the more of that I can achieve, the easier or more it'll enable me to make a difference in the future back home. That's definitely one thing that's very, very close to my heart. But, you know, like in terms of, man, I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's been, you know, surprise after surprise to some extent in the yeah. last few years. So it's very hard to predict mm -hmm. yeah. the future, but you want, you know, in a utopian world, 20 years from now, you want to have all the best players playing together. Right. You want to have, uh, you know, a product that people love, players love, broadcasters love. It's exciting to watch. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it is based around what the audience wants. Yeah. I think that's what, you know, with this whole rift, we've lost a lot of people who loved golf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've lost uh, a lot of um, fans. I'm not saying we as in live. It's sport. The yeah. sport. Yes, no you question. Know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, golf consumers that are Turned off. disillusioned. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the word. They're like, yeah, so what? So what if so-and-so won a PGA Tour event? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what if so-and-so won a live event? Right, you want to have, you want all these events to have more meaning than they do right now, yeah. and that's not going to happen until there's a resolution. Yeah. yeah, you know, you want, like, again, this is a dead horse that's been beaten and beaten and beaten, but you want the OWGR to have some sense. Yeah, you, there's so many aspects of pro golf that are broken, yeah, completely broken, yeah. that need to be put back. And hopefully, not even 20, hopefully five years from now, um, and that's not a stretch, yeah. you know, you can put these pieces back where you bring back the, the fan base yeah. globally, not just for live, for golf, right. mm -hmm. just for golf. You know, everybody who says, oh, you're, you're, you're playing 50, I'm, I'm playing golf. Yeah. I'm not playing cricket on a golf course. Yeah. I'm not kicking a football on a golf course. I'm still playing golf. I play by the rules of golf. Mm -hmm. I'm not breaking any rules. This right. is golf, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm competing and I'm doing stroke play. I don't get any mulligans. Right. This yeah. is not, this is not, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah. so this whole thing that you've made up in your head, it's just that, it's you've made it up in your head. Yeah. Well, it's, you probably don't remember it, but in, in your lifetime, it happened with the sport that is a religion in your country, yeah. cricket. And it happened and it, it faced the exact same exactly. backlash. Uh, for a long, long time yeah. from the powers that be, yeah. from the institutions, from the yeah. the cherished institutions of the sport. And now it's more popular than it's ever been. Exactly. No, yeah. But that was one of the big reasons why I could 
again, like I said, I don't have a crystal ball, but if I was to predict, I said, yes, this, this could be, and I mentioned it, the T20 of golf, right. yeah. which is basically the format that has already taken over cricket. Mm -hmm. T20's taken over the one days. Well, in the sense that there's more people that watch D20 than cricket. Because, because it's a lot faster. It is yeah. faster. Three hours yeah. as opposed to a exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's packaged differently. Yeah. You almost always play it under lights. Yeah. So people are done with school or offices yeah. or Work, whatever, yeah. right? So it's, it, it's, like I said, it's about a product that is designed and tailored for the consumer. Yeah. And that's kind of what Live Golf is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I was attracted to it as well. Everybody says, oh, you're just you know, saying what you're supposed to say. I'm like, no, dude. You haven't, <laughs> like, I love test cricket. Like, yeah. all of last week, I mean, we're playing England right now. I've been watching a lot of test cricket. I love it. I'm not saying I don't like four-day golf. I love four-day golf. Yeah. It's always going to be, I think, you know, the the the... the the majors will always be for There's enough room for everybody, well, but isn't it? But that's the thing. It's like, why would you limit yourself? Right? Yeah. Why would you limit yourself? You can have a more entertaining product, and that's what T20 did. Yeah. There's a World Cup right. of T20. There's a World Cup of one In day, summer. and there is a World Cup of tests. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And so they're it's, vastly and it's, different but formats. Now, but if you look at the world of cricket, there are kids who are growing up only to be T20 players. So just batsmen, just And there's swinging. kids, yeah, you're just trying to smash everything out of yeah. the park. And then mm -hmm. there's another set of kids who, are, who want to play test cricket, who want to play the longer formats of the game. So there's, why, why can't we have that in golf? Yeah. By the way, we also had not quite the same, perhaps, um, level, but rugby is the same. There's a rugby sevens. Yes. You yeah. know? Um, and yeah. that's been very popular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's huge and people love it and it's it's fast, it's fun, it's different. But the rugby union still exists, you know. Yeah. People still, fans of, of that watch well, that. There's look, just enough product for everybody, of golf isn't it? is big enough yeah. for everyone to exist. Even, the, I mean, the, the America's pastime, baseball, yeah. it hasn't changed its format at all. Um, but pitchers are on a clock now. Yeah. They're doing everything they can to make it more fan-friendly, which is exactly one of the elements that is, is unique to live golf, to be more fan-friendly. So, so anyway, I mean, the, the, the dead horse is just got to beat <laughs> one more time. I'm just saying. Yeah. I know. It's, I, know uh, I, I try and steer clear of it, but it does come up, yeah. Yeah. you know, to put things in perspective. So for yeah. me, it was, it was actually an easier decision than a lot of people thought yeah. because I've already seen what's happened with one of my favorite sports. Yeah. I've seen that transform. I don't see why this can't be the same. Watching you play, and we've had, I've had the privilege of, of watching you play, you are a very calm, collected, <laughs> at least on the outside it seems that way, type of player. And I know you're into, you do retreats, don't you? Mm. Um, where you, you go and you go for two weeks, right? 10 days, yeah. 10 days, yeah, mm. where you don't speak. What? You don't speak for 10 days. Can you take her? <laughs> Can you take him, actually? Once a month. <laughs> um, well, you don't speak and you don't take your phones. You don't. Yeah. Where did that come from? And, and sort of, are you still doing that? Uh, I haven't done one. To begin with, I haven't done one in, in a while. Four, but you were in Austria years, in the off-season, right? That was a different thing. Okay. That was, that was a different thing. Uh, that was more of a detox. I had some gut issues and okay. I had some issues uh, that I wanted to sort out, which was also fantastic, but that was more from a health standpoint. This was more from, you know, just a being standpoint. I know that sounds okay, very Like a meditation, meditative yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing, yeah. Yeah, I, so I got into it, let me go back, like I was probably 16 or 17, and uh, my mom 
decided to go and do it. And so she, she disappeared for 10 days. She said, look, I'm going to do this. So dad and I were home and then she did that and she came back. I was like, whoa, like she was like completely different person. When I say that, it's like she was super chill. She wasn't anxious. She wasn't, you know, she was a really, I mean, she's amazing, mm. but she was an even more amazing version of herself. And she herself was like, I feel great. I feel light. I feel energetic. I feel clear. I'm like not reacting to stuff. I mean, it's hard being a parent. You know it, I know yeah. it, we all yeah. know it, right? So so then my dad saw her in that stage. She's like, man, I got to do it too. So then he went and did it. And then when he came back, he was, I was like, <laughs> what is this place? Like, what do they do there? Like, who are these, you know, people? Yeah. Like, I mean, I love what's happened. And then I was 17 and a half and I'm like, hmm, this might be really good for my golf. So, you know, because that's how you think as a 17-year-old. Everything. Who wants to be a better version of yourself? You just want to play better, right? At least I did. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. Just I'm going to go there. I'm going to come out. I'm going to just win everything. And I'm going to have laser focus. So I went. It's called Vipassana. So you do it. It's in India. It's everywhere. There's centers in the U.S. globally. Okay. So I went in there and it's 10 days. You have two meals a day. You wake up at 4.30. You meditate almost 12 hours a day. A wow. Few, yeah, a few breaks in the middle. You don't speak for nine, ten days. You don't even make eye contact. You're not supposed to communicate with anybody. You're only supposed to communicate with yourself, essentially. That's the whole idea. So when you do the retreat, you're asked to do it as if you're alone. That's the whole idea. Now, you can't do that in mm-hmm. reality, but that's how you have to approach that time and that space. But again, I'm thinking of, I'm just going to come out and just make birdies everywhere so I go in like <laughs> with this mindset and like three days in I'm like oh my god how am I going to survive this um, and then by the ninth eighth day it's like I don't want to leave I don't want to talk to anyone I mean just this is amazing wow. what a no phenomenal way. you know uh, yeah I mean I, I could feel my vibration change I could feel everything change my energy level so I went in with one mindset and I came out a better person, you know, just in general, like it was, it was transformative for me. And to do that at that age, I think I was very lucky yeah. mm. because you're not carrying the, you know, the, 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 the weight yeah. of the world on your shoulders. You're, yeah. you're a kid, you know, you yeah. have no responsibilities yeah. except yeah. for, you know, getting good grades essentially and playing yeah. good golf. Like that's all Being I cared human, about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so it was, it was uh, definitely life altering for me. At what, the stage. What did you learn about yourself? No, I want to know, did it work? Did you make more birdies? <laughs> I did. Oh. I See, did. There you go. I think you should go, though. I did. No, you know what? I was so desperate. Oh, golfers are. Golfers yeah. want the elixir. They want any yeah. little edge. Yeah. I went, I don't have a religious bone in my body. Yeah. I went to a Scientology place oh, thinking God. that would make me a better golfer. Really? Um, just for a day. Yeah, for a day. And learned about it a little bit. I'm like, and then I, I walked out of there. It's kind of like walking out of a retreat. I guess it's like, what kind of person have I become? <laughs> I'm looking for answers yeah. outside of where you, where you find the answers, which are yeah. kind of what the retreat sounds like it teaches you. Yeah. Answers always come from within. Yeah. So, yeah, what did I mean, you learn I, I, just, I just, I mean, it's hard to put into words. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot. I got much, I mean, my reactivity went down. My judgment went down of others, of myself, of you know, uh, responding to a situation instead of reacting to a situation. Mm-hmm. 
the biggest thing was, okay, this is the situation. What do I want to do? So the biggest difference was taking action instead of reacting. That's essentially what golf yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, wow. so, so, but that's for life. It, golf was just a part of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My entire, you know, everything got affected positively along with my golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I went in there only to do this, right. but all this in front of me got, got, was hugely, hugely um, altered for me in how I saw it, how I interacted with people, how I interacted with myself. Um, and that translates on your golf course. Yeah. I mean, every time you've played your best golf, you've always been in a good state of mind, right? Yeah. yeah. So those two things kind of go hand in hand. So I went for one, I got another. And like you said, Jerry, when I came back out, I started playing really well. And there's at least 25, 30 pros yeah. who, went and did the, <laughs> who went and did the course. <laughs> How many? And every time someone came and said, hey, should I go? I'm like, go for it. <laughs> not most, most of them didn't come out and win much. How but many, but how I was like, days, at least you got better. How many days could Bryson make? How many days could yeah, he make? How, can, how many, how many till he oh just walks out? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that my captain gets thrown under the bus. I got, I got over under a lesson a day uh, until he's out of there. I'd say two days. <laughs> he, 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 uh, and I think the reason would be he wouldn't get his vacuum packed food. <laughs> um, all right, I, we're not going to hold you back for any longer, but I'm going to finish with one final question. Sure. What would you tell your 20 year old self? Oh, I love that question. Just enjoy every moment, enjoy every failure. And. Uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Because I think that's something that I've been guilty of my whole career. I think most golfers are. Mm -hmm. I think we're all wired that way. Uh, we all believe that we are the problem. Uh, I, would, I would probably tell myself that just keep your head down and keep looking for that solution. Keep working your way through whatever comes your way. Fantastic. Perfect. Thanks for your time. Thank man. you really so much, Bon. My Bahan. pleasure. Thanks. Appreciate it. Good luck this week. Yeah, Look forward you. to watching you, as always. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Well, that was cool. Yeah. I love Bon. You know, I, I've, I met Bon a long time ago, and I will say throughout his career, even till today and what he's achieved, you know, as an Indian golfer, but also being here on Live and being one of the top golfers in the world, he has not changed one bit. No, not since I've known him well, maybe a dozen years now, yeah. close to a dozen years, and uh, if that. And he well, obviously he's a well-grounded guy. He's a very mm -hmm. nice guy, and, and golf is, has a lot of guys that we qualify in that category. But uh, he he he's just he's just one of those guys you just you can't get enough of being around him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and super intelligent. Oh God, yes. If you if you really spend more time talking to him, we well, got an hour with him, but. You know, he is so intelligent and so informed and very, very diplomatic, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think it takes an intelligent person to judge somebody's intelligence, so I'll just say, he seems intelligent to me. <laughs> Must be the retreat. I think you should sign up for that. Uh, you know what? If I went on a retreat, I, I, like him, I might never leave. I love... I'm a very social... Yeah, but you won't be able to drink, though. I'm a very... That's okay. I'm not drinking now anyway. Um, I'm a very social person, but, my God, my time away from people I enjoy so much more. Yeah. It's like, I just want, just want to check out. Yeah. You know? And that'd be... If I checked out, I'm not sure I'd really check back in. Ten days is a lot of time. Ten days that's without... Without your phone. Without so you can't... Twitter. You don't have the Twitter. You don't, don't have, have the Twitter. Google. Yeah. No, uh, you don't have the Karen. 
You don't have, yeah. <laughs> that would suck. Um, yeah, no, I, it, I couldn't imagine not having human interaction for 10 days. I mean, you don't even get the Amazon guy coming to the house, which is sometimes my only human interaction. You can't even have your, your, your little dog with you. Yeah. That'd be wild. Yeah, Zoe can yeah. come. Yeah. yeah, that'll be sad. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed that podcast, do subscribe to Fairway to Heaven. Uh, if you're keen to watch this on video, you can catch it on our YouTube Live Golf channel as well as our Live Golf Plus app. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we're and on the caffeine now. We're on the caffeine. The caffeine. Ca is it called the caffeine or caffeine? It's now called the caffeine. Okay, yeah. well, the caffeine. The caffeine when you're old. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you do catch the coverage as well this week. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. We'll see you throughout the coverage this week, but we'll see you on the podcast next week. <laughs>